Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I am essential, and I pledge fidelity to the destruction of my former self. I am not my corporately mandated persona. I am not my material possessions. I am not reliant on authority to tell me what is right and what is wrong. I will not let my value be based on comments, likes, or follows. I will not seek affirmation from toxic groupthink. I will not filter my authenticity of self. I am essential. And I will speak my truth through words and actions. I will wear betrayal as a wound of battle. I will pursue vengeance with a primitive and relentless force. I vow to find freedom. I vow to find purpose. I vow to create something that will last. I am essential, and I control my narrative. Free EC3. You have been warned. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is May 18th. We are here to talk WWE Raw. And you know what? We got the birthday girl here with us, Denise Salcedo. The old birthday girl. The almost 30 birthday girl. Almost 30. Come on. (laughs) I'm going to be depressed, by the way. But for now, I'm still happy I'm not 30 just yet. (laughs) Well, we're happy that you're here with us. Uh, Everybody, please wish Denise Salcedo a happy birthday in the live chat. Go to her Twitter. Uh, The handle is in our description. Make sure you tell her a happy birthday there as well. Give her a follow. Uh, But if you're here, leave a thumbs up subscribe all that good stuff you know it's a good time to be here but i am uh like i said very happy that you were willing to join us on your birthday but i mean there's so many activities to go do right now denise well i mean yes and no not really i made a really bad birthday cake that nobody in my family liked well my grandparents and my fiance didn't like the birthday cake i didn't like the birthday cake it was horrible so by activities i'm failing at them today (laughs) yeah well, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, whenever everything clears up. But uh, we we also got some unfortunate news today. Uh, there's a search going on for Shad Gaspard. 
member of Crime Time as he was pulled in a riptide and has not been seen since. We are hoping for the best for him. And also in the, the wrestling media community, 411 Mania's Larry Zonka passed away, uh, I believe, last night. He is one of the greatest wrestling reviewers of all time. I, I have read countless reviews from him. Uh, his work ethic was unmatched, and 411 Mania years ago was my go-to, and I would read a lot of his stuff, and I just thought that he was one of the best there was, uh, period. And even today, he had th- there was an article that he had written that, that published about Chris Jericho being AEW's Terry Funk, and I was like, man, this that that's a fantastic point. He was great. I had nothing but positive interactions with him. Uh, Fightful's lead wrestling writer, Jeremy Lambert, was very close with him. And uh, I'm sure that he'll share his thoughts as the week goes on, and he knows Larry much better than I. But I want to send my thoughts out to the family, the friends, the readers, the co-workers of Larry Zonka, and a big thank you to him for bringing integrity to this line of work because it's, it's very important. And the type of thing that he did was very important to me personally. And uh, yeah, I, I hope the best for his family. It's it's very unfortunate. And uh, it, it, there's no easy segue to go into Monday Night Raw, but we are going to talk about Monday Night Raw. And uh, definitely hope for the best for all those situations. But we got some Super Chats hitting right now. Reminder, donate a Super Chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. Anakin JMT says, happy birthday, Denise. Thank Sean, you. He says, Sean's not fooling anyone after Saturday. He's a hacker confirmed. Denise, <laughs> I also thought Bob and Crash Holly were real cousins. Thank you. I'm sorry, but they look more alike than me and my cousins, they okay? Do. They do look Fact. a lot alike. They do. Fact, okay? They were like the same Skin color, same hair color, same factions. They looked exactly alike. They did right? even that have the same really tans. So <laughs> people keep calling me the hacker because I, I've had a glitch with my audio a couple times lately. When it's not connected properly, it's happened twice off the air, including last Friday. And I have recordings of both of them. But this one happened live on the air. And my voice got really deep and sounded like Barry White. I may or may not have a video of me singing a Barry White song to Warren Hayes before last week's SmackDown. I might release that eventually, but, you know. So you're the hacker. That's what people there say. There you go. People are going to start spawning some theory, conspiracy videos, like, what is SRS's real identity? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start one. <laughs> people keep saying that we must have got hacked at the top of the show. Don't know what you're talking about, Hannah. Anita Dick says... Don't you just love when they're throwing those axes and they don't show them actually throwing them because the camera pans away? Throwback K-Fed gonna happen. I Do you mean Kevin Federline? If so, I don't know what that has to do with this, but let's go ahead and talk about this axe throwing thing because I thought this was better. I didn't think it was great, but it was better than the basketball thing. It certainly is a hell of a lot better than carpool karaoke, but the Viking Raiders bring Street Profits onto their turf and they display their, their axe-throwing skills. Obviously, there's a camera cut because I doubt they're that good at it. But it, it's make-believe, so who cares? Montez Ford throws his forever. Angelo Dawkins throws his into a barrel. Cops get called. And they end up getting off the hook because apparently Ivar's a hottie. 
<laughs> you know, I'm surprised that that's the reason why they got in trouble. There are so many people there, not social distancing, right. not wearing masks. If the cops are showing up, that's what they should be upset about. You know what? That's a good point because right now, I like I'll watch shows. Like I'll see the the Chicago Bulls parade from 20 years ago. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many people. Yes, like. You're already pre-worried. Like, I watch shows, yeah. and I'm like, oh, my God, they hugged. And then I'm like, wait, Denise, that happened years ago. Yeah, they, they were allowed to do that back then. But what did you think about these the segments so th- that we saw? So, okay, so the first thing that I want to say in particular to this segment is that it wasn't horrible. I was kind of excited for it even just because I was like, okay, it's something different. I've never really seen people throw axes before. So, hey, it might be kind of fun to watch. Really? I liked it's, it more- it's big out here. Really, I've never yeah. seen it, never done it. And I'll have a second story to that. Okay. Um, but the first story is that – well, the first thing was that essentially um, I was excited for it and I liked it more than the basketball stuff. It had more interest – it gauged my interest a lot more. Uh, but I actually liked the carpool singing with the turkey leg a lot more. I, I know I'm still the only person that was a fan, but I just thought it was goofy and I actually enjoyed that. So, hey, that's just me. But the second story that I was thinking about was maybe the inspiration for this because I remember that a while back when I was doing X-Pac 1, 2, 360, Sean shared a story about how when it was Triple H's birthday party, that was the activity that Vince McMahon was engaging in was the axe throwing. Yeah. And that was actually the first time I had really heard about it. And so I thought, like, how funny that now they have this segment on Raw. And I was just like, what if in some sort of, like, parallel universe, like, maybe they kind of spawned that idea from that. But now that you say that it's really popular, then I guess it's just really popular. Oh, oh, let me tell you, white people will think of anything that isn't actually athletic to pretend it's a sport. So it doesn't (laughs) surprise me whatsoever. I mean, we've got uh, beanbag cornhole tossing. We've got axe throwing there's there's the thing where they got the two golf balls hooked to a string and you just gently toss it oh yeah uh, ultimate... that's not like badminton is it no, no. it's it's okay i don't know golf is. oh my god there are so many so many Ooh, I am white, missing out. white people's sports and admittedly i sat and watched cornhole on espn for three and a half hours the other day i was so <laughs> bored Oh, oh my god. Is that the one you say with the yarn? No, okay, no, I'm, no. That's that's the no? beanbag toss. Alright, I'll Google this stuff later on You've YouTube. You've never played that either? Played what? Cornhole. Which no, I know I've sounds nev- ridiculous. I've never heard of it until like it's, this it's second. Where you have the plywood board with the hole in the middle and you throw the beanbags from a distance. No, but they, I know the ones where you have them on the floor, but not on the wall. Well, that, that's, I know what I, floor, that's what I said. Yeah, it's, it's easy, on the floor. Right? It's on the floor, okay. yeah. Okay. Well, then, yeah, I know that. Hacky sack. No, that's the other It's one. almost like there are actual things to do in L.A. Right? Yes, other than play games. <laughs> Cornhole games. Shauna Walensky says, happy birthday, Denise. Talk to me when you're 40. You're getting there, Denise. You're almost 40. Oh, heck no, please. Well, why not? What's wrong with that? No, I'm just those people that can't handle aging very well. Oh, There's man. two types of people. I, I'm not that uh, person. Anita Dick says, happy 28th birthday. You look 17. Thank you. Thank you, Anita. That's what I need. That's the kind of you energy I You want to look 17? I want to look as young as I can possibly look, all right? To be fair, if I shaved, I would probably look like 22 or 23. I grew the beard because people go. said I look too young. See, there you go. Anakin JMT said, Denise, did you get those white headphones that look like a halo so you look like the angel to Sean's devil? There, that's a, that's really good. I didn't think about that. She she could be the angel on the shoulder. It, it would really a work. Halo. 
Evan Wright said, starting the swear jar on the birthday. I don't know. Denise seems like she's in a good mood. I don't think she's she's doing a lot of cussing these days. I don't well, know. You I did said, some you did some unprompted a couple weeks ago. Well, I say like one word that's like not even a bad word, and people are like losing it now ever since the swear jar. Oh, so yeah. like anything that I say that's remotely bad, like people will be like, oh, like this is like heel filthy, Denise. Yeah. Rob Wilkins says, want to offer my condolences to the Sanka family, his friends, 411 crew, and the listeners and readers. Also thoughts to the Gaspard family, friends and fans. Yeah, those are two really rough situations that uh, there, there was no way this was going to be a, a fun, like, fun. There's no no great way to approach that, and I hate it because I've heard nothing but good things about Shad Gaspard, and I've known nothing but good things about Larry, so that's, that's unfortunate. I think, like... Twitter, like everything that I've been seeing on Twitter, like the number one thing, it's like what a nice guy he was. Like it, it, it's just like you keep seeing that over and over. And when you keep seeing that, like if you didn't know him, like you just can't help to be like, man, like this must have been like a really nice person. And it's just a, ter- a terrible story. Like I, you know, still fingers crossed, you know, believe in miracles. Matthew Garrett sends a super chat and says, what's up, though? Well, Monday Night Raw, which we haven't really gotten into. Because Arthur Steele is saying, happy birthday, Denise. Say Andrade with extra R rolls today. Andrade! There you go. That's a professional ring announcer right there. That was like no effort, but it was like three R rolls there. And it's still better better than most of them that I hear. (laughs) Still better than most of them that I hear. Uh, and we got a super chat from Korosami 1997. Do you think WWE will or won't pay Becky while she's gone? They're paying her. Don't be ridiculous. Do you think they want to give her any reason to decide to up and leave at any point? No. The, them paying her, hypothetically, a million dollars to sit at home and not do anything for them is m- worth more to them than her a couple of years down the line being like, you didn't pay me when I was pregnant. See ya. I'll go somewhere that, that would value me. They're paying She's her. worth it. She's worth yeah. it. And it's freaking me out. The people that I'm seeing that have pointed out any sort of negativity about yeah. Becky Lynch doing this. And I'm like, what is she missing right now? There's no crowds. The, you know, there's no really like hot feud going on right now. If this was going to be a moment for her to start a family, this is it. And like that moment when she chooses to return, that pop that she's going to get from the crowd is just, she's going to come back and people are going to be like, oh my God, it's Becky. It's the man. And that excitement is still going to be there because she reached a certain level of her career that now she's always going to have that this isn't just like if any ordinary person left got pregnant and then came back like no she made a name for herself so when she comes back she is still going to have that no different than if a man were to get injured and then come back several months afterwards yeah i i agree um i can't find anything negative about becky lynch getting pregnant do i wish that i could see her work over the next year Sure I do. I think she's a great character. I enjoy her in-ring work. But this is her family. She, I mean, why not? Why not do it? Who cares if she was champion? Personal decision. She can do what she wants. We get a super chat from Maurice and says, Who's your pick for the mystery entrant in the casino ladder match at Double or Nothing? I'm going with uh, Brian Cage. Can't wait for Double or Nothing. I yeah I think it would probably be Brian Cage. I, I'll go with him. Uh, maybe a Gulak. That would be an interesting one. Any thoughts, Denise? 
Well, I think Brian Cage would be a good one, especially because, like, it would be, like, if the time is going to be for something like that to happen, have it be now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's go ahead and get into this Raw. And, again, donate a Super Chat any amount. Get your question or statement read on the air, and we will get to them as the, the segments unfold. But if you want to ask, I don't know, 10 questions every single week about really anything, subscribe to Fightful Select. We had an update on... FTR, their new name, uh, The Revival. Uh, we had updates on Gulak. We had updates on the Leo Rush situation. We had updates on Roman Reigns' status. Just a ton of stuff. Uh, some scoops ahead of The Last Ride, Episode 2. We're going to have some more on that this week as well. But there's plenty of stuff over at FightfulSelect.com, plus just so many extra podcasts. Show us a little bit of love. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Oh, boy. So that weird line last week that they made Charlie. It came yeah. back. Oh, it came back so much. They and they twice? said, here we go. This could be the greatest wrestling match ever and doubled down on it. And I was like, man, this is so weird. And I had people that had the balls to say to me, Denise, well, it could be. How do you know? Because it hasn't happened. Okay. Well, what? Well, then why didn't they say that Alistair Black versus Buddy Murphy tonight could have been the best wrestling match ever? Why didn't they say that Baron Corbin versus Elias could have been? Hypothetically speaking, any match that hasn't happened could be the greatest match of all time. I could challenge Denise to a match, and we could say this could be the greatest wrestling match of all time, and it could be. Would it? It really could. No, because I'd have to carry Denise. <laughs> Because she's greener oh, than goose damn. shit. <laughs> but, That's kind of messed up, man. But, I will, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get a victory. See? See? And and that's just like, of course, you could say that. But it doesn't make it happen. And Edge hasn't wrestled a match in nine years. A, a match. Randy Orton is very good. But, oh, they're really hammering this home, Denise. Yeah, it's kind of funny because we all know that... It's just, we're living a day and age where nobody can agree on anything. Like, I used to think that everybody at least had to agree on, like, love is the most important thing or simple things like money is everything. No, people don't agree on even things that you may really, truly, in your heart, 100% believe. So it's not like, it, it, there's just too many different stuff. Like, people, like, there's so many different types of wrestling out there, so many different companies that bring so many different types of stuff. But it's... So because of that, I see it as something that's so impossible to even comprehend. Like, I could have the best match ever, you could have the best match ever, whatever our picks are, and no one could agree with us. But at the same time, it's kind of funny because she said it last week and it hit everybody so hard. Like, what the hell did she mean by that? And then we hear it again this week that it's having us talk about it. So I see it as if we're talking about it, then let's roll with it. But at the same time, I don't really understand it. And I did like that Randy Orton brought that up where he's like, Oh, I have to explain it to you guys. And he starts talking about the initials of the company. I liked that. Yeah. And I mean, it is a thing where they're kind of playing off of people who know that wrestling was a dirty word in, in WWE they're playing off of that. Orton says he doesn't need ladders or chairs. He needs a ring and a referee. And he says that athletes can't do what WWE wrestlers do. And hey, if you read my story on Vince McMahon and Rob Gronkowski, you would know that's true. But Orton says WWE superstars can't do what Orton does. Edge interrupts him and says that this was just a backup plan for Orton. They've wrestled before in 2004, and their skills are much different now. And I love that he like started a monologue 
but Randy Orton's like, shut up, are you doing the match or not? I love that. I thought that was great. And then as soon as Edge said yes, Orton's like, cool, I don't got to listen to this shit. I'll see you later. Well, his comeback, like, right off, like, you could edge fed off of that he's like yeah dude like what do you think like of course this match is on and that's the thing about edge and randy orton is that the reason why this is so enticing to all of us to all of us is because of the storyline the storyline is good and it's different and you can tell that they have some sort of input in what is going on creative wise i mean i don't know that for sure that's just my my instinct about that and so because of that i think that's why it's good now i hope that obviously the second match that they do is a whole lot better than the first because i did think the first was really disappointing and you know that's you know obviously i don't want to say that but i just think that with the second match they have a lot riding on the fact that they're calling it the greatest wrestling match ever where it's like now it's going to be judged at a different scale it's not going to be judged like a drew mcintyre seth rollins match no we're going to be judging it differently everybody's going to have like really high hopes and i don't know if that's a good thing and there is a a certain level of cynicism from from myself about them calling this that because of how the first match ended up it was like 35 minutes and it didn't need to be more than 20 at the most i keep saying if somebody put together a 15 minute cut of their match i'd probably think it was really good but they didn't need that long and when they come back and they say that they know what they're doing they know that this wasn't received exceptionally well even Edge doubled down on it, and that's surprising to me because usually um, his his approach to things is pretty grounded. Pretty grounded. Uh, Anakin JMT says, not normally a fan of Cornette, but I imagine his epic triggered rant about best match ever would indeed be epic. I, I don't know. Maybe. I think Alex's would be better. Make sure you guys tune in to Sour Graps. Uh Yeah. If you're going to listen to somebody, be ridiculous. At least listen to Alex. He, he's at <laughs> least got some morals uh, among him. <laughs> Rob Wilkins says, are you guys watching Dark Side of the Ring tomorrow night? Yeah, I am. The Owen Hart one. Have you been watching these, Denise? So I've watched a few. I haven't watched all of them yet, but I am definitely, this is one of the ones where like when they released the the names of the ones that they were going to do, I was like, I got to see this one. Um, so I will definitely be watching. I'm a little bit nervous um, because, you know, I, I'm sure they're going to be bringing up some things that maybe not everyone's going to want us to hear. Yeah. But then again, that's why we're tuning, tuning in and that equals rating. So, um, but yes, yeah, so I'm really excited. Did you see the first Owen Hart shirt in like 20 years has dropped? I did not see that yeah. actually. Pro Wrestling no, Tees afterwards. A, Pro Wrestling Tees did a thing with Martha Hart and Dark Side of the Ring. They put out a couple Owen Hart shirts. Now the funny thing is, like back in the day, the wrestling shirts for a long time used to always have like people's face on them and stuff, and they went out of style. Now those are back in style. So I see that that Owen Hart one, and I'm like, damn. That's a cool You know who shirt. has really good shirts too, like not to like be blasting anybody out, but <laughs> I think that I, I found some unique shirts at Spencer, some unique wrestling shirts uh-huh. that like nobody else has because I don't think anybody expects to see them there. Yeah. And I haven't heard a lot of fans say they find shirts there, but anyways. So but one of the things that I was seeing though is how like, you know, his wife obviously doesn't want him to be inducted into the Hall of Fame and it's really interesting the argument of how people say like whether or not his wife should have that final say and some people are like she should some people are like she shouldn't and like obviously i have my opinions but i think that within itself just that little tidbit alone is like so interesting because it you could really see things both directions anakin jmt just said 
I watched the UWF dark side of the ring. What a unique person Herb Abrams was. Holy crap. Yeah, the, I really actually enjoy these ones like about Herb Abrams that I didn't know anything about. I watched the Road Warriors one, and I was like, okay, there wasn't anything really there in there that I didn't know about. And in fact, they, they left out a lot of stuff that WDB's own documentary had in it. So uh, there, there are some I like definitely more than others. Like to me, Brawl for All, nothing new in there. Uh, Bart Gunn talking was nice. The Road Warriors one, nothing really new there either. But uh, we we do still have Raw to talk about. My gosh, we've still got so much <laughs> to get into. Seth Rollins is in a suit with Buddy Murphy, and he's running down Rey Mysterio. He says what's happened to him was unfortunate, but it was a necessary cathartic sacrifice to help him. And that brings out Humberto fucking Carrillo. But he got his ass kicked real quick. Got his ass kicked real quick. Buddy Murphy hit him with that good finisher. To me, I'm like, why couldn't this have been Akam of Authors of Pain? Like, him standing behind Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins would have been just really good. Like, he's the muscle behind a lot of these little guys. But still, I thought this was pretty solid. Uh, I'm all for Humberto Carrillo losing. It was funny because one of the things I was thinking about was Rey Mysterio gets thrown over the roof. Yeah, he lands on a second roof, whatever. But the point is he got thrown over a roof. He almost went blind with what Seth Rollins yeah. did to him. And out of everybody who came out to defend him, Umberto. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, there you go. Rey's making the right friends, I guess. Um, I was actually the, – the, it's the problem with that is because, like, you see Umberto come out with Buddy Murphy, but because – Umberto hasn't had any wins or, you know, we don't believe his character or whatever it is. Like, it just doesn't make it impressive. Like, you sh- you want to have somebody come out that you're like, oh, he's going to come out and defend Ray's honor against Buddy Murphy. Like, oh, Buddy Murphy should be should be worried. But, you know, obviously we didn't get that with this. And for the most part, this was a pretty fast one. Yeah, it was. And Rollins instruct Mur- er, instructed Murphy to attack Umberto after the match. But Alistair Black makes a say that sets up their match later in the night. So, uh, Aaron Jay's fan says, I felt the Road Warriors one was actually about Hawk. It, re- it really was. That, that's, that's about it. We see Liv Morgan backstage. She says that her mother is her hero because she never quit. She brings up losing to Charlotte. It says she's determined to become Raw Women's Champion. I like this. She doesn't ignore the fact that she lost. She was like, yep, I lost. Charlotte's really good. I'll get better. I thought this was pretty harmless and pretty good. I thought it was okay. Personally, I thought that I think I would have I would have phrased it differently because in the beginning I was like, why is she talking about her mom? I was like, are, what, are we doing like a mom thing here? Like I didn't yeah. get it like right away. So because of that, I actually thought it could have been like reworked a little bit differently, rewired a little bit differently for the point to come across like, hey, I felt like I understood more of the promo from what you just said right now than the actual promo. So because of that, I do think it could have been rewired differently. Yeah, it, admittedly, uh, I thought this was like a discarded Mother's Day promo or something like that. Like, I thought they meant to do it the day after mm-hmm. Mother's Day, but... No, I thought it was going to be like, a, oh, we're doing a mom thing now because... You know what I thought, actually? I thought like, oh, because Becky made this announcement that she's going to be a mother, all the women are going to come out and talk about how their mothers ah, inspired yeah. them. That's what I thought they were going with it. And then when they did it and I went on Twitter and people were like, oh, this was great. And I was like, okay, well, I guess that's what that was, that was that's what happened. Charlotte Flair defeated Ruby Riot. Uh, she came out and talked about Sasha being Bailey's lackey. And 
she says that Ruby Riot has something to say to her, and she knows it. And I'm like, really? Why? Okay, but Ruby Riot is now zero and eight since coming back to TV. Like, I don't. Oh, okay, sure. Uh, but Ruby's really good. Like, I've missed watching her work. She's just really awesome. And uh, Riot does a senton, knees into the buckle, goes for a submission attempt that I liked a lot. But Charlotte gets the win with a figure eight. I think Ruby needs a tag partner, some wins, or a move to SmackDown really, really badly. She needs anything at this point. Like, there's really nothing. There's no story. There's no interest. She needs something to get her, you know, to get her back to we know where she can be at. But at least she's showing up. She's getting matches in. Yeah, she's not winning. But at least we're seeing her a little bit more consistently. Yeah. Uh, I, I felt this was fine. Charlotte wins. She's on both brands. Okay, fine. Looks like she's going to be on SmackDown here and there. I don't like the brand-to-brand invitation. I think it's stupid. I think that it's wild card all over again, and people are like, oh, well, they're only doing this because of the pandemic. And I'm like, well, then why'd they do it last year? And then why'd they bring in NXT talent in January of 2019 and said, oh, well, we don't know what brand they're going to be on. They're going to be on all the brands for four months. And then, and then, hold on, half of them weren't even on TV. Nikki Cross and EC3 weren't even on TV for a long time. Lacey Evans was brought up, and all she did was walk back and forth and then got put into a title match. It's like, okay, that makes sense. Then, right after the wild card, they did the invasion. So it's like the, the whole year the brand split didn't mean anything. And the reason I want the brand split to mean something is so when this does happen— we're like, whoa, well, that's important because it doesn't happen very much. WWE doesn't want to build stars, though, but what, what do you think of this brand-to-brand invitation? So, like, what I was going to say is that, like, I think the problem is that they just overcomplicated. You mentioned the fact that people are saying, oh, well, they're doing this because of the pandemic. Okay, so just say, yeah. hey, guys, we're in an icky situation right now, so we're going to bend the rules a little bit, and that's it. We're going to have people go from roster to roster instead of the whole four times a year, four times a year. Because I was confused with the four times a year. I was like, each wrestler four times a year or like four four instances. SmackDown guys or four Raw. So what is it? Is it wrestlers or or instances? And is it is it them? I don't know. They haven't said. But See, I, there you go. I assume it's, it's instances per wrestler. But here's the thing. Is it appearances and in-ring? Is it, What is it? Because I, I could have sworn WWE just called up. Bianca Belair and sat her on the bench for the last month. Didn't that just happen? Didn't didn't they just bring yes. her up and they're like, and oh well, and, and now all of a sudden she's yeah she's not on the show. Uh, they just brought Ruby Riot back and she hasn't won a single match. They willingly took both Jey Uso and Akam off TV because their tag team partners are hurt. So it's I saw somebody say when one leg is broken in a tag team, all four are broken. And I was like, man, that makes that that's how WWE treats it. Like they, it's their fault that people aren't protected and made stars. They've got an entire roster of people they could bring up. All they had to do, like you said, say, "Hey, we're temporarily suspending the brand split because." When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're all in the same place already. They're not in different towns. Why not do this right now? They, and I get it, this is somewhat of an escape from the coronavirus, but it's okay to mention it because your viewers are not stupid. They know what's going on. They know what's happening. And they just, they also, by the way, just released a bunch of really good people. They didn't re-sign Drew Gulak. They released EC3. They released Sarah Logan. They released Rusev. They released a bunch of people who were good. Deanna Perrazzo, who should have been in a tag team with Chelsea Green on Raw when they were brought up in December. All kinds of weird stuff. They don't get out of their own way. They make things overcomplicated, and I think they meant well with this rule. I think that they thought they were doing something good. I think that they thought, oh, well, maybe the detractors will be a little bit more okay with this if we explain it. Yeah, but the thing is, one, you're saying per year, which indicates that this is going to be around longer than a year, which I don't want. And we know you're not going to follow the rule. We know you're not going to follow the rule. Because by the time the whole four instances is up, like, it's not like anyone's going to be counting. I mean, yeah, people are going to be counting, but not like the regular average viewer is not going to be counting how many times Baron Corbin has been on Raw or whatever. Luckily for the viewer at home, our Fightful Resources section is going to keep track of it for you. We've got AEW, WWE, NXT rosters. We've got injury and inactive updates, ratings. uh, We have contract updates. And now we have the brand-to-brand invitation tracker, Hot Dog. That's why I corrected myself. I was like, I know Sean's going to have that. Never mind. Let me take it back. (laughs) Those articles do really well for us, so I'm, I'm pretty happy, but... Anakin says, I doubt if two members of New Day were out, they'd keep the third off TV. Yeah, you're right. I'm surprised that they've still had Xavier off TV as long as they have. I figured they'd be like, come on down to to Orlando. Wheelchair yourself in and play a trombone next to them. (laughs) I thought it would happen. Victor Holland said, I really wish the NWA would have brought in Crime Time. I love me Shad and JTG. Give us gold, give us gold, give us gold. Yeah, I think they would have been a real good fit for NWA and... Here's to hoping for a miracle and, and that Shad is somewhere safe but just unable to contact somebody, and that changes very, very soon. Well, uh, MVP interrupted Bobby Lashley's interview and says he needs to focus on the WWE title. Says that Lana's getting in the way of Lashley's title aspirations. We'll get back to that. Oh boy, R-Truth says he's going to beat Lashley and go for his 401k championship, and during the match, he does that pretty Ricky gimmick, and I know that he does it on social media. Thank you to everybody who sent me the tweet saying, oh, he does it on social media. I'm aware. I follow like every wrestler on social media to some degree. It does not work here. Oh God, it's so bad, Denise. Yeah, it's not funny, and it's not even, like, stupid funny. You know, like, stupid funny where you could at least laugh because it's yeah. so dumb? No, it's it's neither. It's just like, okay, so you have, like, some fake teeth in your mouth. All right, what else? 
And he has so much. Like, every time he's had those, like, really funny moments. I mean, look at that segment he had with Brock Lesnar. Come on. That was gold. Um, and we've seen so many other moments like that for him, for our troops. So and he doesn't have to do that in order to get over with the audience or, you know, have something really good. Like, the fans, he's one of those guys where he comes out and the fans are listening to. Like, they're waiting to be entertained by him. We don't always wait to be entertained by someone. And I feel like we are like that with our troops. Yeah. And uh, after the Lesnar thing, Lesnar wanted to work more with R-Truth, so that goes to show you. Now, Lashley kicks R-Truth's ass, does this great fireman's carry where he slams R-Truth into the the uh, ring post, and R-Truth like, spins around, hits a full Nelson slam, taps Truth out to a full Nelson. MVP is waiting for him on the stage, and Lana is livid. She is not happy at all. Uh I'm interested to see where that goes. I wonder if she costs him the title. But uh, Anakin JMT sends a super chat and says, Our truth cannot pull off this stupid gimmick. Rare thing he can't pull off. Uh, at this point, I'd only be interested in it if he rolls up Gronk during Inner Circle versus Elite on AEW on Saturday. Yeah, our truth is very talented and can do almost anything. Nobody can get this gimmick over. Billy Bob Teeth were funny for about a week in 2003, Denise. <laughs> yeah, with the little nose. Yeah. Oh, wait, oh. the little nose and the little glasses. Oh, God. Yeah, it's just, this isn't funny anymore. Ugh, it's not good. But we have Asuka. <laughs> She's doing her celebration. There are balloons everywhere. And I thought Kyrie Sane was a very good ring announcer. She was. She was a lot of fun. <laughs> she was. Like, when she goes... And now I was like, oh man, that sounds, that sounds pro. And she pulls out a recorder and starts playing it. The lamest instrument of all time. Everybody hates the recorder. It's the most. What? I don't tell me that you like recorders. That is the only instrument I ever learned how to play. You didn't learn Mary had a little lamb. Hell no. Everyone learned how to play the flute when they were in school, okay? And it was amazing, and I felt very proud of myself. You actually liked the recorder? Yes, they taught me how to sing Mary Had a Little Lamb. And I played it over and over again. I mean, now I don't remember it, but I did know it for a really long time. That's why I was like, man, can Kyrie please have finished her song? I loved seeing her with her recorder. I mean, I loved seeing her with her recorder. But the thing is, I've never even known long-time players of the recorder to even like a recorder. <laughs> it sucks, but Kyrie Sane is amazing. Uh, Naya comes out and calls Asuka a placeholder, then Asuka beats her ass. So backstage, <laughs> Kyrie's playing her recorder again, and it's amazing, and Naya attacks her. Asuka finds Denise and kicks her ass, or finds, did I say? Okay, she finds yeah, oh, you're like, no. she finds Denise and I, I her wish ass. she would have found Denise and kicked her ass for liking yeah. the recorder. Somebody, I was reading a comment, Anakin saying Denise triggered Sean. She did. On her birthday. How I wish Sean triggered me on my birthday? I wish Asuka would have beaten up Denise on her birthday for saying nice things about a recorder. But she just <laughs> pushes Naya and kicks her in the head. I can't believe I almost said Denise. Fantastic. This really makes Nia look like a punk and makes Asuka look dominant, but Asuka's not going to lose that title right away. 
No, and like, let's have, like, dude, she's the best, like, thing we have right now on TV. Every single time, whatever she does. I mean, come on. She made her riding in an elevator fun, okay? Not a lot of people can sit there and say they were entertained by seeing someone ride an elevator. And we felt that way when we saw Asuka because she just has that much charisma. And she's just so fun. And she's like the, I feel like she's bringing something different. And you can really see that she has so much charisma and personality. It's like oozing out of her. Like, even if you don't want her to have personality, she's going to have personality even when she's trying not to, like, let her personality out. And I like that for I like that. I want to keep seeing Asuka. So keep that bout on her. Keep her doing stuff. Yeah. Um, I I love Kyrie Sane using the flute or the, the recorder. And somebody said, oh, be careful, Sean. They'll make it her gimmick next week. Hope they do. She'd be awesome at it. She's hilarious. She's very entertaining. Uh, James O'Rourke, though, says, damn good show tonight. If I had anything to criticize, it would be the Oscar segments. I really enjoyed them, but they were a little confusing, which intrigues me more. I didn't think they were confusing. I thought they were pretty good. And Kyrie's English was very good, too. Yeah, I agree. I, I liked it. I'll tell you what I didn't like. WWE Women's Tag Team title match. Um, I liked the match just fine. Billy Kay hit a scoop brainbuster on Nikki. But they lost via DQ. There was a sloppy hot tag to Alexa. Uh, Alexa hit a, a big punch on Billy after she blasted Nikki with a boot. Then the Twisted Bliss hits and the pin's broken up by Peyton Royce. Peyton Royce then runs Alexa into the ring post several times and got DQ'd. Now, I heard the ref say, oh, I'm going to DQ you. But after the lame DQs we have seen all month long, I was like, come on. What what the hell? And I had people say, I didn't think it was that confusing. Ah." Well, then explain to me that the refs are now more strict. Explain to me that this ref is no nonsense. Allow them to have some character or something. Because, Denise, for the last 25 years, they have not been calling this a DQ. They have not been DQing people for this for 25 years. They weren't DQing people for pushing off of a ref for the last 25 years. Barely. There was another one. I think it was Seth Rollins. where Did he- you know- yeah, I was Go gonna ahead. say, don't you remember the Hell in a Cell? I think that's that's where we are, we're at right now. And, and they threw that one out. They didn't even DQ him. They just said it was a no contest. Really? Oh, no, it was a no contest. Well, Woof. It was. It's a cheap way to continue the feud. That's all it is, really. And, and that's the thing. Somebody said, "Well, what if the rematch is at Backlash?" And I said, "This was the rematch. This happened last Monday between Raw tonight and SmackDown last Friday. There were." Five rematches of things that happened since WrestleMania. Five. Wow. So that, that's a lot. <laughs> backstage, Billy Kay slaps Peyton Royce, and people and Eloquent says, "If Iconic split, I'm fighting someone." I don't think they're splitting. I think they're bonding over this. But do you think a split is coming? Bonding, Sean? I've never once bonded with any of my female friends by slapping them in the face. Well, that's how we're going to bond if you keep (laughs) telling me how much you like the recorder. But they, they immediately cried and, like, embraced each other, Denise. That's that's not a good message for females, by the way. A lot of, yeah, I'm not actually going to hit a female. But, I mean, hey, to be fair, a lot of my best friends are people that I've spent the last 10 years beating the living shit out of and vice versa. 
That's just that's just how it is. And yeah. And I know I said all of this, right? But I actually liked it. I, I liked the whole slap and the whole thing just because yeah. it was kind of like, oh, like it, it was unexpected. I didn't really see it coming. And like, yeah, it's not anything that I would have touched. But because, you know, it is what it is. I thought it was I thought it was funny the way that they reacted. And it kind of played along with their characters. Where, I mean, you've seen white chicks, right? Where they have a BS. Of course. Yeah, so it's like, oh, she had a BF, and that's like so that so falls in, lo- in in line with their character. So that's like the one thing my brain automatically went to. I was like, oh, she just had a BF, and that's that's how she reacted. And the fact that like right away she's like apologizing, and I'm so sorry, and this and that, and whatever. I thought it was funny. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Pretty entertaining. Good thing we had another rematch. Shayna Baszler defeating Natalia in a submission match. I'll say this, Samoa Joe is in his wheelhouse in this type of match. He's already good on commentary, but he was really good here. Uh, Baszler applied an ankle lock. Natalia put on a sharpshooter, and then Baszler ends up getting the tap of the Kirafuda clutch. I thought this was good for as short as it was, but the real story wasn't in this. It was Natalia also throwing a BF, Denise. Yeah. She, she looked like you at your super sweet 16 when you didn't get... The Rolls Royce that you asked for. Oh, man. Is that the vibe I'm giving off? <laughs> I Not was really. like, wait, is that the vibe I'm giving off? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I saw your net worth on the internet, so. Oh, I know. I'm a millionaire, by the way. <laughs> ah, fantastic. Uh, <laughs> um, I actually liked the whole thing with Natalia afterwards because it's like, come on. Yeah, of course. If she's going to be upset about not winning a match, it's going to be a submission match. So I actually like that they played to that where this actually meant something to her. Like this wasn't just a match. Like this was something to like honor her family legacy and like everything that she represents. So I liked a decent match. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, I'm interested to see what happens with Natalia. It's funny because I referenced the Bret Hart, like the Bret Hart BF. That, that's immediately in our vernacular for this show now. I mentioned the Bret Hart BF in '97, where he threw a bitch fit and said, "Frustrated is not the goddamn word for it." And Natalia liked that tweet. Now I'm kind of hoping she just recites old Hart Foundation stuff, and she's like, "Enough is enough," and it's a it's time for a change. Or she's challenging El Dandy to matches or just anything like that. Like, I think it would be fun if she just did that. We don't really have a lot of, I don't want to say comedy characters because that wouldn't necessarily be comedy, but we don't have a lot of female characters that that work in that role. Right. I, I, I think that she could do really well at that. Hey, and if it's something different, like, why not? Like, you don't have to be, like, a specific either-or type of character. Like, you can have some, like, you know, different dynamics where you're not necessarily just good or just bad. Like, no, you're kind of sort of in between. You're relatable because that's what a human is. No human is just good or just bad. There's different shades to people. Yeah, like, we found out that Denise, on her birthday, liked the recorder. So, shades of gray. Shades of gray. And I'm with you completely. I'm going to get myself a flute and I'm going to relearn how to play Mary Had a Little Lamb and watch like next year. Next year, that's going to be my performance or Christmas or whatever. But I'm with you. I like the Shades of Grey. I like being able to have a different reaction to a wrestler every month. Like in AEW, it happens a lot. You see a lot of people that you'll you'll be like, man, they – I feel for them this month. The next month, you're like, they're an asshole. I think that would be good. 
Right. I think one of those people that's always been good of the, good at that is Chris Jericho. Yeah. Like if you think about it, he's always been that that type of person. Backstage, Zelina's faction are all arguing, and it's time for the Kevin Owens show. Reminder, guys, if you want your question or statement read on the air, donate a super chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. Uh, we have interviews up on Fightful with Leo Rush, with Dana Brooke. Uh, who else? My God, Deanna Perrazzo, John Moxley, uh, Just Incredible, The Blue Meanie. We got tons of interviews out there. Check out our exclusive section. But hey, like I said, if you want that question or statement uh, read on the air, donate a super chat. Zelina uh, responds to Kevin Owens and says that she knows he wanted a Jerry Springer moment. And I thought she cut a pretty good promo right there. But Owens had said that his win over Rollins came at the price of being banged up, but he's good to go now. And Owens says, hey, by the way, you're not my only guest. Here's Apollo Crews. And I thought that he stole this whole segment, as he was supposed to. He came in there with fire, and he speared Andrade, and he worked that match with a lot of intensity. But there's a lot to get here. Dissension, Kevin Owens is back, Apollo Crews is back. What did you think before we got to the match? So before we get to the match, um, I just want to say that I like the fact that we're still seeing Apollo Crews come out and get something. Partnering him up with Kevin Owens, that was pretty uh, pretty fresh, I think. So I actually liked that. And I did like the, uh, the actual tag team match setup itself. Yeah, I did too. So we had the tag match. Um, Andrade and Owens chopped the shit out of each other. And then Apollo fires up again, gets a great hot tag, and finishes with his awesome tossing powerbomb. That move looks great. He's going to face Andrade next week. He should either win it or get screwed. But man, it'd be the third friggin' match between those. Or fourth, effectively, because this one happened too. And they're doing it again next week. So if they do it again at Backlash, which you just know they're going to do, it'd be another one. But then after this match, Zelina, Andrade, and Angel Garza all turn on Austin Theory. I thought, I was like, man, is he going back to NXT? Nope, he's not, Denise. So when this happened, I was immediately like, fridge, you know, like, this is not good for Austin Theory. Yes, fridge, okay? Fridge for Austin Theory. I just thought this is not going to be a good thing for him because the okay, and this is before I knew obviously what was going to happen at the end. So this sure. is just my thoughts for what happened in this moment. In this moment, I was like, first of all, having having Austin Theory separate from the group is no bueno because he still has a lot of things that I think he needs to work on. So being sure. a part of a faction, uh, you know, that covers a lot of his some of his flaws, and so it's. So it's something that I think he has to be with a faction. And at this point, I thought, oh, this is not good. He's going to go back to NXT or we're just going to see him flounder in some jobber matches here and there. But I'll say my rest of my thoughts later. But that's just what I thought at this point in time. Yeah, I, I did too. I'm completely with you. I was like, damn, sucks for him. But it didn't suck for him that much. Seth Rollins comes out and Austin Theory is still there and it's, a very similar situation to Buddy Murphy. He's dejected. He's laying there. And Rollins offers Theory his hand. And it's for this Aleister Black match that he wins by DQ over Buddy Murphy because Rollins sends Theory after Aleister Black. And all three beat him up. Now, it looks like they're going the direction of Aleister Black and Seth Rollins. 
Alistair Black hasn't lost a singles match clean in a year. I think he should still win this, and I don't know how he can with them looking to keep Seth Rollins over. But if they're looking to keep tearing down Seth Rollins, I think they can do that because Seth is bulletproof. Everybody knows who Seth Rollins is. Shield member, uh, top guy in the authority, cashed in money in the bank, beat Brock Lesnar a bunch of times. We know who he is. He ain't. He's never not going to be a main eventer in that regard. But Alistair Black with a win over Seth Rollins, and then you then you go maybe him and Drew McIntyre face versus face, unstoppable guy in the future, unstoppable guys in the future. I think that's cool. I like the direction they're going with, like all this, Denise, and even right. Buddy Murphy didn't get pinned. He got DQ'd, but he won earlier in the night too. I think like four or five people got over in this segment. Yeah, so like, and so I'll start off by saying that the whole thing with Austin Theory, um, I like the fact that he was somewhat similar to Buddy Murphy when Buddy Murphy lost, and he was just like, you know, like out, you know, still laying outside outside of the ring, and he was like, you know, really upset that he he lost and whatever. And we saw that uh, this week with Austin Theory, and so when at so like I mentioned earlier, I thought he was like dead in the water, done after separating from Zelina and her whole thing. And so when I saw that he was joining up with Seth Rollins, I was like, this is great. Well, I noticed it right when he when he was still outside the ring. That's when I was like, OK, he's going to join up with Seth Rollins the same way that Buddy Murphy did. And so I really liked that whole aspect of it. And um I, you know, I do want to mention one thing that I realized I didn't mention earlier is that. Right now with Drew McIntyre, it feels like he doesn't really have an opponent that is, you know, you know what? Actually, I'm skipping. I'll get back to that part later because <laughs> it all ties in. So I'm trying to, like, make okay. sure to get all of that part. But sure. remind me to tell you the rest of my thought when we get to that match. Just know that with Buddy Murphy and and Austin Theory and all of that, I loved all of that. I loved the, the jealousy that I sensed from Buddy Murphy to Austin Theory giving Seth Rollins that hug and all of that. I liked that. Rob Wilkins sends a super chat and says, Flutes equals... This one time at band camp. Rob Wilkins says, $2 towards the next focus camera freak out by the chat. Yes, guys, by the way, I see my own camera. When it goes out of focus, I become aware. Not a lot I can do about it, though. So main event time, and for some reason they felt the need to have a Baron Corbin segment in hour one, in hour two, and then it closed the show. They didn't need that, and not a damn person thought Baron Corbin was going to win this match. Not in general, but definitely not after he lost to Elias via a, a Paul Smackage, as they say, last Friday. And they had Drew McIntyre say, Baron Corbin is my dream match. And I was like... <laughs> that's sad. Huh. And I'm like, really? That's funny, because when he wrestles, or not, not even wrestles, when he shows up on TV... It's my fucking nightmare. Lashley and MVP joined the fray. Lashley says he's coming for Drew. And the match I thought was pretty good. That's why I specified, like, when he wrestles, I think it's pretty good, especially when Corbin's not slapping on the old chin lock or the quarter Nelson crossface. I thought this was good. There's a big story in this match, uh, Denise, about, about Drew kicking out at one. And it happens a lot. 
And then finally, Corbin gets a two on a deep six because for some reason, McIntyre counts down his claymore. I don't know why. It just literally lets Corbin know about it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, McIntyre ends up hitting it off the boss man uh, clothesline. I thought this was pretty good stuff. I, I really enjoyed it. The match itself was a whole lot better than I expected. It was a really solid match. I liked it. And so here's like where everything was tying, tying in that I was like going to explain, but then I realized I was all over the place. Okay, so with Drew McIntyre, it feels that right now he's champ- well, he's champion, but he doesn't have a championship-type feud going on right now. Like, there was no really no opponent for him that was worthy of, you know, having this feud with a hot champion who just became champion. And, like, the only guy that that was was Seth Rollins. But it was really bad timing because Seth Rollins is transitioning in characters. Uh, you know, it just really didn't align with that. So one of the things that I had forgotten to mention was that everything that's been going on with Bobby Lashley, I love the fact that they're incorporating that and they're sort of building up his character in the last few weeks as we've been seeing because now he's really the only person left right now that we're seeing consistently every week. That can be, a, you know, an actual challenge for Drew McIntyre if he continues his, you know, his build and with the whole MVP thing, hopefully that will, you know, we'll see shades of the old Bobby Lashley and have that come into play with with Drew McIntyre because right now Drew McIntyre's reign is like uh, you know really nothing like special or out you know amazing or anything like that so he needs like some sort of feud right now to really make his championship more uh, more sustainable more meaningful and so that's what I wanted to say earlier on yeah he is being protected uh, effectively like it's it's just they're doing a really good job. They're doing a really great job. Uh, Throwback27 says, Give me Drew versus Lashley. Give these guys time to show their true talents. Claymore versus Spear. Thank you, Fightful Family, for the past year. Being a part of the chats and stuff has made things better. Thank you for everything. Hey, we appreciate you being here. Uh, You're here all the time, and you're always so generous and and good to us. And you're a good dude, more importantly than than anything. Uh, But... I think that that Lashley is good in in theory because he's like I think it's like nine straight falls he hasn't gotten pinned in. He beat No Way Jose. He beat three people in the Money in the Bank qualifier. He beat Denzel Dejournet, R Truth a few times, and Carrillo. But none of those guys really matter in, in the grand scheme of things. And then, as I mentioned, Alistair Black, who hasn't lost since then, hasn't lost in a year. He beat Lashley at WrestleMania in like seven minutes, beat him. So why isn't he in the conversation? Oh, because he's a good guy? That's weird. Well, I think the Aleister Black thing for me, it's more like, yeah, okay, he beat Bobby Lashley, but who else? Like, there really hasn't been anything else that has been super meaningful. Like, for weeks we were seeing him just beat up a bunch of jobbers. So, like, it's almost like they were on par. It's just that now they're doing more with Bobby Lashley. Uh, But, I mean, they could have easily done that with Aleister Black as well and made him a credible opponent for Drew McIntyre. And I would have loved to see that and still wouldn't. I'm sure it will happen sometime down the line. But it just kind of feels like at the same time, Aleister Black hasn't had a meaningful feud that I can really, like, say, like, oh, yeah, I remember that. That was awesome. No, I mean, I remember here tidbits here and there, but nothing that was absolutely mind-blowing. And I need to see, I don't need to see Lashley beat R-Truth again. I've seen it 
three times since like February. Let's move on. But I do hope he keeps beating people until backlash because every win that he gets more important. I, I get it. They don't want. They're, they're trying to protect so many people at once. But I'm with Throwback. I'm excited to see this match because. They are making an effort to protect Bobby Lashley going into this. He's not lost since WrestleMania. Uh, I think he beat Zack Ryder maybe right before Mania too. And Alistair Black's the only person that's beat him in the last, I think, three months or so. I know he got beat by Ricochet a couple times before that. But if they hadn't had him lose to Ricochet... Since the the Rusev feud, I think he would be a lot better off. Because he was beating Rusev all the time. All the time. Uh, Thank you to Goodfella for the super chat. I don't see a message associated with it. But, Denise, it's your birthday. Has it been a good one? It's been a really, really good one. I went to Cracker Barrel yesterday. I ate a lot. Today I had (laughs) pizza and wings, and I made a terrible cake. I got lots of gifts, and I watched Taylor Swift's City of Lover concert. So, all is well. Well, we thank you for joining us on your birthday, but let the people know where they can join you every day. Yes, please, guys, come on over. Like, come to my social media and stuff. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. Um, I live tweet during the shows and all of that stuff. And then YouTube.com is really the big one. YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. Just search me up. I'm still doing my May 31-day challenge new video every single day. Um, Please go and check it out. I post a bunch of random stuff on there, so hopefully you guys will like it. YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. And I'm almost at 27K, so... Hopefully I get there because my goal for the end of the year is 50K. Just fingers crossed. But I don't know if that's going to happen. Awesome. (laughs) Well, guys, subscribe to us. Leave a thumbs up. Make sure you check out Denise's stuff. But we are back on Wednesday with the Listen Your Boy and the Wednesday Night War. Of course, we got Friday SmackDown. And we are here on Saturday for AEW's Double or Nothing. But if you want even more, The Distraction does reviews of wrestling-related movies Every week on Tuesday, they do their TEW gameplay every Saturday, and then they uh, have a new show every Thursday as well. Tons of stuff going on at Fightful. Thank you guys so much. Until next time, we're out.